Hi, I'm Lauren Casenza, and I'm here with Nico Lechuga, and we are the founders of Senor Lechuga Hot Sauce. Welcome to our podcast, Let Us Rewind, where we take you guys on our journey as a husband and wife team on our path to building our brand, perfecting and expanding our products, and just generally crushing it, sometimes literally, like with our spice blend. In our podcast, we'll share the ups and downs, highs and lows, and lessons and advice we've learned and still keep learning along the way. In today's episode, we're going to talk about partnerships and collaborations. Two main things we're going to talk about in the beginning of the episode is how do you know who to partner with and how do you know which opportunity is worth it once the brand is the right fit. So question one, I'm going to throw it over to you. How do you know who is on brand to partner with? One of the things that I think about when I think about collaborations and, and partnerships is who do we really expect or respect? Who do we admire? Uh, who, when we see what they're doing in food or in whatever space is their specialty, um, would it be cool to be a part of? This is where having your own business becomes a lot of fun. As you're talking to that other maker or that other business owner um, and creating a collaboration or exploring a collaboration with them. Um, so I think the first thing that comes to mind is, one, do I like their brand? Do I respect their brand? And in some way, shape, or form, do I want to do something with their brand? Okay, I, I think it's vibes too. So I think it's like personal vibes, like are these people that we vibe with? And then is their brand one that we vibe with? Like, you know, from their voice to their Instagram to their actual product, of course. So I think it's vibes, and if it's a no, just say no, going down a path um, when your instinct tells you that the brands really aren't aligned usually um, ends in something that's frustrating. I'm glad that we have not learned the hard way with hot sauce, but in companies I've worked with in the past, people have pushed partnerships and collaborations because they felt that the end result would get them what they wanted, whether that was something financial or whether that was something um, in terms of brand awareness, but often when it's a forced fit, it just doesn't go well. So it's definitely, I think, an instinctual thing, um, and you'll get better at um, being able to sense if a brand is the right fit for your brand um, as, as you get more and more interest and people start reaching out to you, or as you start to think about what brands you'd want to work with and you reach out to other people, you sort of fine-tune this instinct, and then it becomes very simple. Like, at this point, I don't even think we really have to check with one another. We kind of say yes or no and then we just like let the other one know that we've this opportunity has come up but we don't think the brand is the right fit so now it's just like it's innate you'd want the other brand to share similar principles that you have as a company and i think like lauren said without having it feel forced i think that when you're just starting a company um unless you have a big background in some other industry that really makes you a, a name and and people are aware of you um collaborations and partnerships are going to be few and far between because no one really has any idea about the company that you've created. As you build more brand awareness, it becomes easier to have some of these conversations and you can be a little bit more selective. And sometimes you get an opportunity that comes your way that seems like it might be a good one and you're like honored that a brand has reached out, but then you really think about it and it might not be um, the right brand. So um, I do think it's it's really about just that instinct. Um, and also sometimes it, it 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 doesn't have to be a brand that is obvious so so just clarify your point it doesn't have to be a brand that it's that seemingly makes sense if the partnership makes sense with them so don't only look in your own space um, and don't limit yourself as to who you could work with if the creative idea can support the reason you know the rationale for joining forces 
Joining forces with unexpected partners can be as powerful, if not more powerful, than joining forces with expected partners. So that leads us right to, okay, so now you know a brand is a fit to partner with, but how do you know the opportunity is worth pursuing? So what is your kind of checklist or kind of litmus test? I think the first thing that we go back to is, is this brand, does it does it fit with us as far as our values and our principles? Uh, is it something that excites us? And then after that is what, what are we expecting to get out of this? Is is the goal uh, monetary? Is the goal uh, increased brand awareness? Is the is the goal to to touch a new consumer? Is the goal to just have fun with something? Um, and then once we've identified that goal, can we uh, see that this collaboration partnership is going to be a good way to achieve that goal? Um, there are certain collaborations that you're going to take a loss on and that makes sense because it's going to lead to uh, more publicity more brand awareness if if that's your, your your sole goal when you say take a loss you mean it'll cost you money it's going to cost you money it's going to be monetarily it's not um going to if you were to just chalk it up on paper and say that the only thing that mattered to us uh was increasing capital and we're not going to do anything to decrease capital to the company, then certain collaborations wouldn't make sense because they're going to cost you money. But there's a give and a take to that. Like it's going to, right. it might Short increase, term. yeah, it might increase the brand awareness of which, your company. Which long term could lead to sales. It's like, it's the print advertising, you know, scenario. It's like, does print advertising lead to sales? Seeing an ad in a magazine is just not trackable the way digital stuff is. There, you know, there was the argument always, and um, I believe it, that the more you saw a message that spoke to you, the more inclined you were later to make the purchase. But it's, it's not an immediate um, revenue generator. So there, it, when you say take a loss, you're saying that you're gonna be putting out money without seeing money in return for the kind of like duration of the partnership and maybe even after. I think you have to consider your goal. So what is your goal for that? Is it a financial goal? Is it increased brand awareness goal? Um, is it to simply be on the other collaborators radar? like? Right. Could be that. So, so understanding what your goal is. Okay. And then understanding. Can is, this? Yeah. Can get this achieve that goal? Yeah. Okay. So, um, my, my answer is pretty much the same, but um, but I also think about things like time and energy because I'm on the creative end of things. So, it's not really just about financial, but is my time well spent? So, I think in general, more general terms, is the output worth the input? So, are we getting out more? Then we're getting in and the, the more I agree it does not have to be financial it could be a lot of things um, it could be a new audience it could be followers on Instagram it could be a lot of things um, and I also think it's important that it's that the output is worth the input for both sides I always think that side through too like are they going to get something out of it that makes sense for them not just in the spirit of good partnership which I do think is incredibly important but also um Sometimes people just want to collaborate for the sake of collaboration. And sometimes when it's not very clear what both sides are getting out of it, I think it can just, it leads to a non-focused effort. And so I just think it needs to be a focused effort with each side, you know, understanding what they want to achieve from it and then making sure that that happens. So let's get into the individual partnerships and collaborations. So we're going to start with probably um, the most exciting partnership we've done to date, which is the Shake Shack by Game of Thrones collaboration. So do you want to talk about... Obviously, everyone knows who Shake Shack is, and everyone knows who Game of Thrones, what Game of Thrones is, and I think um, that makes the Who very exciting in this case. But do you want to talk about how it came about, why we did it, and what we got out of it? The Union Square Hospitality Group uh, has a taco restaurant in um, Williamsburg called Tacosina, and we ended up doing a collaboration with Tacosina that we'll get into later. And 
after shortly after we um, locked in that collaboration, I noticed on Instagram that a particular chef was following us. Um, we had a conversation about it. I said I should probably reach out to him. He looks like he's doing cool stuff. Um, you were blown away by his Instagram. Yeah. Which he was doing something different. He was not at Shake Shack. He was doing uh, events. And was, so the plating blew you away and the um, his, his culinary ideas were exciting to you. So, again, that goes back to the vibes thing. Like you were excited about his work and you were excited about what he was presenting of his work. I think one post that stuck with me was he had turned a piece of rigatoni on its side and stuffed it, um, I believe, with uh, meat and turned it into like an appetizer. And the way it was like plated and laid out looked beautiful. And so you showed that to me and said, we got to get in touch with this guy. Exactly. So he ended up being the, the executive chef for Union Square Hospitality's events division. So doing events for anything of a small party to I think the biggest event that they did was some something like 15,000 people um and but this also comes down to like what harm could it be to reach out not following us on Instagram he's interested it somehow in some way in what we're doing we're now interested in what he's doing so you shot him a note on DM right when a lot of this is is just um sometimes you're just getting your product in other people's hands because they appreciate it and and you appreciate what they're doing there's no collaboration. So your, your in goal at this point is let me get him some sauce. Yeah, my my goal right now is let's let's talk to him about some hot sauce and let's maybe send him some hot sauce if if he's interested in having it. So I DM him and um, his name is John Karangas, and we ask if he needs any hot sauce for anything or would like us to send him some hot sauce and that we love what he's doing. And uh, lo and behold, he's already had it. He was part of the team that. Kind of tasted that it, put yeah. together the um, collaboration with the other party at Tacosina. Um, so he said, I love the hot sauce. Um, I'm actually leaving this position for a new position. Didn't elaborate on it on, on that time period, um, but said that he would love to connect uh, when he got to his new position and see if there's anything that we could do together then. So I ended the DM conversation at that point. Um, I did some research later on and found out that he was going to be the first ever executive chef of Shake Shack. A um, couple months pass, we finally connect. You stayed in touch with him because you you really were like excited about what he was doing. Just as a human, you just like liked him. He's a he's a, he's a cool he's an guy. awesome guy. Yeah, he's yeah. A cool guy. so you you you're like congrats on the new position. You stayed in touch with him, not close in touch, and you weren't you know sending DMs nonstop, but you definitely continued uh, being in contact with him there was something about this guy that i liked respected i feel like a lot of people uh use social media as a way to just show one part of their life and um he really uses it to encompass his entire life so father his kids his family what he does for work um what he does outside of work right exercise wise like all, all these things i, I really respected right. and right 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 to. okay so now he's going to be the executive chef of shake shack and still though that doesn't there's no collaboration here so it's nothing at all so we end up meeting up um for coffee at the innovation kitchen shake shack's innovation kitchen in the west village i give him a bunch of samples um that he didn't ask for but we brought anyway so i gave him some for himself uh and some for his team and we talked through his background, where he came from, how he grew up in um, his background in the culinary world, different jobs, uh, my background, and just kind of shot the shit for a little bit. I left him with the hot sauce after like a 45-minute conversation, um, and that was that. 
really, really good connection, cool guy. Uh, nothing promised or said at the time period, but hey, thanks for the samples and I'll be in touch. Um, lo and behold, about a month later, we get a call. Uh, we're actually in Houston at this time period for a conference uh, that our, dis- conference. our distributor had put on. And uh, John Karangas has on the line uh, Mark Rosati, who's the head of culinary for um, Shake Shack. Mark has one of the coolest jobs in the world in that his his job is to just go around and try different flavors and find the best flavors of everything and uh, find ways that Shake Shack can use those and um, that John can kind of use and create with those. So I'm talking to John and Mark and they say they are testing out a new burger and um, one of the burgers that they're testing or they're, t- they're getting to a new product. And uh, one of the burgers that's in contention for this this new product is a spicy burger that they've created. And the fire in the burger is our hot sauce from the, the 002, our Chipotle. Um, and they had a bunch of different questions as far as production and our capacity and reserve inventories and kind of how, how quickly can we turn this around and pricing. Didn't elaborate on anything more than that, um, but said it would be uh, at some point, I think it was, was it April? Was it April when it launched? Oh, yeah. Um, that it would be at some point in April and could be at one Shake Shack, could be at five, could be at all 205 at the time period. But unclear at that time and that they'd be in touch in a little bit. But that they were also considering others and that we were one of, of several at this point. Yeah, I think they were, at the beginning they tested like 12, 12 different burgers, 12 different and, and never mentioned that there was a third party. No. Okay. Not not at not at this point. No, they they said that it would be related to TV in some way, shape, or form. Uh, there was some television component, but um, but no details. No nothing. Specifics. Nothing at that point. We later learned it was because of huge non disclosure agreements. Right. But, okay. So um, I get a message from John shortly after that asking if he can bring more samples to the innovation kitchen, um, and that they're going to test a couple more things out. And so I drop off, I believe at this point, it was like a case of hot sauce to them. And um, he said he'd be in touch in a little bit. And at this point, he says it's it, it's going to be the biggest collaboration that they've done to date. Um, still working out the details, but this is in the final running. And he'll let me know soon whether uh, it's been chosen. So... I get a message the following week. We jump on the phone. He's like, your burger was chosen, or the burger with your hot sauce in it was chosen. Um, I'm going to put you in touch with the team so that you can get onboarded as a supplier for Shake Shack. Um, and this all has to happen very, very quickly because the turnaround time is is like a month out. It's, it's a very short lead. And then we got some legal contracts to sign. <laughs> right. We got a we got a pretty hefty um, non-disclosure agreement. Um, and that's when it was confirmed that it was Game of Thrones. We got a hefty non-disclosure agreement. We supplied them with a lot of other uh, process documents as far as food safety. Um, and after all of that was signed, it was revealed to us that, yes, it was, it was a collaboration with HBO um, for Game of Thrones. It was a fiery, what they're calling their fiery shack burger. Um, we were the fire within that. And um, it was going to be their biggest collaboration to date. It would be at the best, at that time period, 11 locations of 
Shake Shack across the country, and uh, it ended up being 12. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. So we are going to promote this through social media. We want to shoot it. We want to go there. So they're launching in New York. They're going to launch at one location. We go. We buy a bunch of burgers. We have friends come. We shoot it. Uh, then the next week, um, un- unknown to anyone, it's going to roll out nationwide to top cities. Um, and then it's going to, until supplies last, which they kept on ordering more and more of our sauce because it was so popular, which was awesome. So we continue to supply um, these locations. And then we sort of wrapped this collaboration. And we also did some cool stuff at, um, at their location where they had the throne, uh, the West Village location. So we were able to go there and sit on the throne. We had the baby on the throne. So we were able to take a lot of um, photographs that day. And, and throughout all of us, this is like, this is exactly what we would look for in a collaboration. Um, one, we, we didn't take a loss on it. Like we made money um, doing this collaboration, even though we probably would have, if we had known what it was going to be, I don't even think if we, if we didn't know, we probably would have taken a loss on it. Yeah. Yeah, Considered taking a loss. Um, we, the, the people at Shake Shack, uh, John Karangas, his team are incredible individuals. And at every single point of this made us feel like they were a part or that we were a part of the collaboration, that we mattered um, that they were very, very happy with the, the output. And they, they shared uh, different components as to how it was doing and feedback that they were getting from the culinary world. And um, yeah, there's not, there's not much more that we could have asked for right. um, for how this could have gone. So I think that we've talked about the Shake Shack partnership a lot and we forget like bits and pieces that were really exciting to us along the way. Like right now, a lot is coming back to me. But I think we've, you know, I don't think we mentioned, I mean, you mentioned that we were the fire in the burger, but I don't think what you mentioned was without our sauce, the burger would not be hot or spicy in any which way. And the burger um, came with um, a shake. The shake was at all locations, but you could order the burger and the shake, which both were the Game of Thrones menu items, and they were a fire and ice concept. So again, we supplied the fire and the fiery burger. That's the fire component. Then the ice was this shake. We got to go to the Innovation Kitchen before it launched, the day before it launched in the first location, when before people even knew it was going to go national. And we were able to taste the burger, and we brought the baby into the city, and we were all in the basement of the West Village location, which is their Innovation Kitchen. And we were with it was John and Mark and Nico and myself and the baby. And it was just really cool getting to get sort of an insider's look, and we were able to ask questions about the creation. Um, so that was really cool. And that's when we also found out that the menu would be available in New York, but as it would not be um, announced. You have you would have to know about it, go and order it in Valerian, which is the fictional language in Game of Thrones. Um, and of course, um, press was invited earlier to sort of see what Shake Shack would be um, unveiling. And so it went viral very, very quickly. So we were able to announce the news very quickly because we were told sort of, sort of like embargo it, like sort of like hold until you see it in the press and once you see it in the press you guys can go wild with you know promoting that you guys are the fire and the fiery burger so we waited for it and then it hit and then it hit and hit and hit and it kept on getting picked up in every you know blog and website and and news outlet and um, this was before even people knew it was national but basically the idea was that you know if you could order this burger in Valerian, and there was like charts online that did that basically using phonetics would teach you how to ask for the burger and the shake and how to say shake shack and valerian all these cool things so the collaboration itself was really well thought through. It was really creative. The big takeaway was that this got a lot of attention and a lot of people knew that we were the fire in this burger. And it was um, 
the value in that was so great for us and the followers we got and the excitement that it generated was really, really, really awesome. Want to talk about Taco Sina? Let's go to Taco Sina. Because we talked a little bit about Taco Sina and we'll go in that order. Um, we did a Carnitas collaboration with Taco Sina. Do you want to talk about with who and what and when we did it? And- yeah, so we, when we were in Williamsburg, um, our son now is 19 months old, but when he was a little bit younger, um, Laura would take these spin classes in Williamsburg and I would walk uh, our son around because it was around his nap time and like get him down and Domino Park had just opened and um, one of the uh, the only restaurant within Domino Park was Tacosina, which was a Danny Meyer um, property. And um, so one of the mornings while walking Javi around uh, Domino Park, I stopped at Tacosina um, and started to talk to the people there and asked if um, there was a manager that was around that I could talk to. And... Um, met this woman named Barbara, um, who was a manager and a chef and, uh, started talking to her about hot sauce and our company and their restaurant. And, uh, lo and behold, she was saying that, um, Danny, her boss had said that they should be doing more stuff with the community. And they had a few, I think, events planned where they were supplying tacos and, um, that was exciting, but she was intrigued by, um, the hot sauce and I dropped her off samples and that was it for a little bit um, we got a form submission on our website I had left her contact information but I gave, we got a form submission on our website from Barbara Garcia and uh, she said the entire team liked the hot sauce and that they wanted to do a taco collaboration on Labor Day um, of 2018 I think it was Labor Day of 2018 Labor Day weekend 2018 um, with our hot sauce that it would be a limited thing and, and with a pork taco and um, at that time they were debating between two different hot sauces the, the 003 and the 002 uh, so the one with chipotle or the one with pineapple and um, that it would be a limited menu item and they could ask people could ask to make it caliente and the hot sauce would be put on their taco um, it's pretty awesome so we went and we shot it. We met up with their social media manager and we uh, got to taste the taco in advance and we took pictures and it was us and the baby. <laughs> so um, it was a family uh, affair. And so it was us, the baby, the social media manager and Barbara. And we talked about um, how we would be promoting it on each end. So we sort of agreed on our, um, our plan of action. And we did a few teasers, which was really fun. And then we, um, we hit go when, once it was available on their menu for that weekend and um, thought that we would be, um, you know, wrapping when Labor Day weekend concluded. And that was not the case. We ended up buying um, at the, to just kind of kickstart it. I think we bought like 40 oh, right, or 40 right. or 50 Another tacos detail you forget. On, on like That's each, right. each day. Um, so the first 25 people that, that ordered from Tacosina. On each day of that weekend, that um, holiday weekend, the first few days we um, treated them. Yeah, we treated them to a uh, carnitas special taco. Okay. Um, I got a message from Barbara after the weekend. Actually, it was a phone call. I think she called me up and said that uh, the collaboration went so well. They sold so many tacos. Um, the feedback from people and their staff um, and the team was that they liked the taco better with the hot sauce than without it. 
and that they would like to make it a permanent menu item. Which was such a big win for us. We were so excited because, again, when you think about who is on brand, Taco Cena is so on brand for us. And we're a Williamsburg brand, and they're a Brooklyn and Williamsburg brand, and um, they're about good people and good food and good energy, and they're colored. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're very a live brand and we really love working with them so from a vibes perspective check 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 across the board right and and without Tagosina there is no Shake Shack uh, being aligned with Barbara her team the Union Square Hospitality Group Danny Meyer and what would turn into John Karangas and Shake Shack absolutely amazing right so there is not one without the other so this was one that led us to the next um, another thing where one led us to the next um, is bespoke post. So let's talk about that. We did a make your own hot sauce kit with bespoke post. And the sort of um, backstory is that I had consulted for um, a brand called Bustle for a year. And I worked closely with a lot of different teams, but the creative team and the marketing team um, among them. And someone who had left Bustle to pursue her next opportunity ended up at a place called bespoke post. And um, Bespoke Post is a luxury, um, a premium uh, subscription service for um, targeted towards men. And the um, experiences, a lot of them you do something with. So there's sort of an interactive element to them. And uh, one of them was an Etcho box and it was a make your own hot sauce kit. And so we became the partner um, providing the product to make your own hot sauce with. So why don't you take us through sort of the opportunity after we got kind of got the call from the team that worked with MJ, who I had known from Bustle. We had an initial call with the Bespoke Post team because they had hit a, a, a hurdle with their current provider um, in that it, it no longer made financial sense for them to offer the hot sauce kit as they were currently offering it. And what ended up being probably a problem for them is pretty commendable as far as like a leadership standpoint, they turned it into a, a, a pretty big opportunity in that they started vetting um, different hot sauce makers, which we were one of a few at the time period to create a, a do-it-yourself hot sauce kit at home and to be part of that. And uh, they explained to us their, their subscri- subscriber base, how many people it would go out to. Um, and this is really, really key for this one and, and the margins that, that this had to have for it to be um, doable. And like, could we be within those margins? Um, it was very intriguing to us as it would go out to 8,500 households. Um, they wanted to do two different hot sauces. So right off the bat, we were thinking immediately on our uh, a take of our number one hot sauce and a take on our number two. And um, it was just a question of, of could could we do it? Could we get this? This was also a tight timeline. This was probably Dece- Super tight. December, and they wanted everything in-house by the end of March. Um, could we get that done with something that, that we had never had a background in, which was a, a dried product? So why is it a dried product? I mean, I think let's just go back to the original opportunity. So the, the in the past iteration of the box... Um, subscribers to Bespoke Post got bottles, got glass funnels, um, and then a pepper mix in the mail, and they used the pepper mix with, I believe they had salt at home that they blended with it and some vinegar, blended everything together, heated it, um, and they filtered it through like a sieve, um, and then they bottled, like 
through the sieve, through a funnel, into a bottle, and created their own hot sauce at home. So they wanted us to come in to a specific element of this, um, which was the component of the uh, dried mix that would be in the box. So we've never done a spice blend before. And so now we have a tight timeline to turn around a, a, a sizable order of two different flavors of a spice rub. And we said, yes. They also really liked our brand. They talked a lot about wanting to partner with a brand that makes sense for them. And they ended up actually doing a video with us on Meet the Maker. So we also really vibed with them. And um, again, we were brought in by someone within their organization who tr- they trusted. So MJ brought us in. But then, of course, they had they wanted to test our sauce and understand our product and understand us as a brand and um, really make sure that we were on brand for them. And it ended up being really mutually beneficial, the partnership in, in all ways. Um, so, yeah, what else do you want to mention about Bespoke Post? Because there was a lot of different layers to this. What was really cool at the time period was, like, could we do this? Um, and they wanted us, they had tried our original line of hot sauce, but they wanted to dial down the heat a little bit. While still maintaining the heat, they wanted to bring it bring it back a little bit. So at the time period, we were in California for a month, and um, my dad and I visited the local, like, Mexican markets in California, picked up. Uh, certain dried peppers. I think I ordered other things on Amazon, had them delivered to my parents' house and um, started to R&D, which was like a lot of fun for me. So we we created three unique pairs. um, So six different hot sauces total, packaged them into Ziploc bags, labeled them and sent them out to Bespoke Post with instructions as to like how to make these things in hot sauce um, at their office. They tested them out came back to us with the pair that they wanted to use. Um, and uh, then it was it was basically all systems go. We had to make labels and we had to do um, flexible packaging that the actual product could live in and get sent out to these different households. Um, so that was another thing was designing um, packaging and labels that could go on the glass that were in our brand aesthetic. Uh, So this was like a lot of learning. Most collaborations, you're not learning something new as you're doing it, but this was one um, in which we did. So there was a lot of time and effort and money spent against this one, Um, but we felt really confident that the return would be worth the investment. Yeah, I think on on the lines of flexible packaging and manufacturing was we had ideas as to what that could potentially cost and uh, had provided ourselves like a buffer and we were at the time period when we selected the spice blends um we were vetting suppliers so while we we were completely transparent with bespoke posts on this of like hey we're gonna have to get pricing uh on our end as to what the labor cost and what the materials costs are going to be um we have a complete idea as to to what the ingredients are going to be but as far as like what lauren hit on the flexible packaging um we need to to iron that out so there were still some things that were in play um, as we were going about doing this, but with wide quotes, we were able to provide bespoke post, um, degrees of certainty that we could get it done within the budget and within the time frame. Um, I will say the other thing that we were pretty transparent, uh, with people on was the manufacturers and, uh, certain suppliers. So in the, in the, flexible packaging world we had never used that before all of our bottles are glass and initially we were thinking that we would probably load these into jars or like bags of some sort but what we ended up doing was using um, flexible packaging that 
is, is really, really similar to something that you would see at your local grocery store on like a bag of chips. Um, and so we asked the flexible packager and we asked the manufacturer uh, for a little bit of guidance on them as we were uh, going about doing this process. And we were advised um, by both of them that we should have overrun. And um, so we felt confident with like where the partnership was going and that we'd get it done in the time period necessary for Bespoke Posts uh, to have everything in their warehouse in a, in a reasonable time frame. Yeah. Little did we know we'd hit a couple bumps and like have to overcome them, but uh, we had planned far enough in advance that the bumps we were able to turn around and still provide the client with their product in um, a time frame that satisfied when all of their orders were to go out. Um, and just being transparent with Bespoke Posts as to where we were at and where their product was at was like really crucial to this collaboration. And while it was a little bit stressful in moments, we the, the output was something that um, they were happy with, their clients were happy with, we were very, very pleased with. Um, and it's something like that we would like to do again. Absolutely. They were told that a 10% overrun was sufficient and based on the production, it was not sufficient. And so we need to do a second production, which cost us a lot of time, money, et cetera, that we had not prepared for or planned for. And so um, when Nico mentioned that it was a little stressful, it, it was definitely stressful in terms of one, it eats at your profit. Um, two, you need it done immediately and you're worried, well, if this um, error happened when we were advised by all parties that this percentage overrun would be sufficient, how do you trust that the next run would then uh, guarantee would absolutely with no question uh, fulfill the remainder of the order and then how do you get it immediately to the plants or the facility um, so that it could be put into the remaining boxes so we um, we were in Florida at, at one point during this and um, we were supposed to just like have a few days away um, with my parents and the baby and we end up working around the clock to basically turn this around um, and we did. And so while we hit a bump, which was really unfortunate, and it was one that was out of our control, which was a little bit more frustrating. And I think if we had just made a mistake, um, but we were pretty um, frustrated because we couldn't control the manufacturing and we couldn't make it all um, better right away. We had to sort of have some patience and have some trust. The second production was super successful. And then we were able to get everything turned around super quickly. And then we realized, okay, we can handle hurdles. And so it sort of gave us um, more confidence and we were we were really proud of our ability to make a bad situation good in a really short period of time and so while it was like not ideal and we we would have hoped for the first run to have been what it was promised we ended up moving forward in a way that um i think was really really strong i would agree i also think it's important to look back and say like would i do this again or what would i do differently what are the learnings and we actually asked for a call with the bespoke post team afterwards to talk about the takeaways and the lessons learned and, and um and i think we all agreed on everything which was really good we talked about moving forward uh, i think with tacosina obviously it was a limited edition thing it ended up becoming permanent we obviously want to keep working with tacosina we love that those that team and those guys shake shack no-brainer they're awesome and we love working with them so I think that's another um, thing to kind of like do a gut test against. It's like, would I want to do this again and with these people? And, and so those three were all yeses. Um, the next thing we should talk about, we did a knife giveaway. And this required some money to be spent on the upfront. There's a company in Southern California called Half Face Blades. Um, it is run by a former Navy SEAL um, 
named Andy, and he produces tactical uh, blades, axes, chef's knives, um, and we've always really admired his products and the, the what he does and how he makes them, and they're, they have a lot of thought in them, they're beautiful, they're high-end, they uh, are tools that are made to work from his experiences. And um, we had sent Andy hot sauce a while ago, and he was a big fan of it likes really really spicy food and um ended up buying more stocking it uh putting it on everything from meat to cheerios uh and so later on we reached out to him to ask if um what about a knife collaboration we wanted to do a chef's knife have him make it uh he had the thought of let me make it so that it's uh similar and has an aesthetic to your brand your bottles your colors um which was awesome because initially I think we were just looking at buying something, one of his current offerings, mm-hmm. not having something completely custom made and, um, and then engraving it, having, um, our logo on it and then having our hashtag on the back of it. And, um, we were going to use this as a way to do a giveaway right. and, um, generate some more buzz around our brand, get some more brand fans, uh, and give back to our, um, our loyal fans. So, uh, we paid for this knife. It was hundreds of dollars, but it's a, it's a high end, uh, beautiful chef's knife with created with a high degree of craft. Several hundreds of dollars. And, um, <laughs> we got in the mail and the knife was absolutely beautiful, gorgeous. And, um, it was, it was very uh, photogenic. <laughs> it was painful to give away. I think you can see photos of it on our, our Instagram. Um, we ran a, promotion on our instagram and um half face blades and andy and andy's personal uh instagram promoted um our giveaway and it was really really successful i think we had over 1200 likes i think we had a couple thousand comments um a lot of dms a lot of people really wanted this time and uh, i think we grew by like 700 followers during the time period of it which was which was pretty awesome and that was our goal our goal for this uh, had nothing to do with anything monetary, but had everything to do with uh, getting more fans, creating more awareness, and then giving And getting back. the right fans, too. You know, people who loved this knife, the craftsmanship, and the design of it, and the style of it, and the um, how our brands played together, they would be the right audience for us. So it was not just getting more followers, but getting quality followers, and we definitely achieved that. It was a lot of fun. It was fun to work with them, and it was a brand that we really liked, and it was fun to be able to give that back to our brand fans. I think it's important when you do a collaboration too with Instagram that, or anyone that you talk about what you're going to do to promote it and how you're going to shoot it and all those things in advance. And then, you know, you both sort of follow through with your end of things. And so, um, we knew he'd support the partnership. We knew that we were going to be doing really cool creative with the knife. We shared that creative with him. So it was a nice back and forth, um, with creative ideas and also just here's how we're, what we're going to do and here's what he can do. And, um, sort of together, how can we make it bigger than our brands could be separately? The next partnership was with Murray's Cheese, where we do pairing classes. And the next two partnerships we can um, talk about more in general terms and less about the specifics. But Murray's, as you know from previous episodes, we were put on Murray's radar by the SVP of sales and marketing there, who I used to work with at Cosmo. Uh, her name is Elizabeth Chubbick. She put us in touch with the education team once um, there. Uh, chefs all loved the sauce and wanted to um, make it a Murray's offering and store it online. So the education team um, does these awesome classes and they thought we 
Nico and I would be a good addition to their lineup, and we said yes. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we ended up creating uh, three new items that we are not like our core offering. We did a at the time period when we ran it, it was uh, fall, so we created a hot sauce that was just for the Murray's class that was very fall centric. Um, that had apple, pear, and cinnamon in it, which was pretty awesome. It was awesome. And um, and then we also did two spicy cocktails to pair with um, everything else. One of the things that we that we wanted to do is we wanted to create a really fun environment for the class, and we felt like giving people more liquor uh, was probably a way to do that. I mean, Mari's does supply them. There was limitless beer at the classes, but we also wanted to provide something that made use of our products. So we did a uh, infused tequila, so spicy tequila, and then um, a mezcal drink. And we have done already two classes with Murray's. Um, both were sellouts. Um, both had, we got really great feedback, and the, the people were really engaged, the attendees. Um, and really, we went through um, with the educator in advance, and they each of the sauces, so our three originals, our specialty flavor, and then the two cocktails, or I'm sorry, the infused spirit and the cocktail, they all were paired with cheeses that would complement them in one way or another. And so um, everyone learned a bit about our sauce. So um, there was an education element, there was a brand awareness element, and then they, they learned about cheese. Cheese and hot sauce go really well together, but it might not be the most obvious thing. The hot sauce and cheese class is actually very popular. And um, so this was sort of a one of those um, maybe little less expected partnerships it was super successful and we would absolutely continue to do these classes with Mari's. And I think it was a big win for us too, in that this is one of our retail partners. And so to be able to, um, like, we don't get anything out of this class other than publicity. We're, we're more so we're doing this. It's, it's fun for us. Um, it, uh, it gives us probably some more loyal brand fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but and people also are interested in us too, as people. So they're able to ask us questions about, our brands and our company and um, our thoughts on hot sauce and our thoughts on all things. And so I think it also gives us a way to connect directly. Whereas Instagram does a pretty good job of that. This is like, we really are one-on-one talking with these consumers. Right. And we're able to give back uh, to our retailer right then and there. Um, Right. So it's added value for the retailer in terms of the fact that there's no fee for us to do it. They also don't charge us as a brand to give us the exposure. It's sort of a win-win. Right. And they make money on it. Yeah. Right, they charge for the class, and, and the pr- tickets are pretty expensive, and, and our classes have sold out, so we were we were pretty pumped both times about that. Yeah. Um, we also usually have a friend or two in the class so that they, you know, can heckle us and take some pictures, so that's also fun for us. Yeah, what is it What is it called when you, like, put someone in the audience? It's like... Seed? Seeding seed, yeah, the audience? Yeah, seed, seed the audience. Yeah, we don't do it on purpose, but it happens, yeah. and it's beneficial, yeah. <laughs> and both in content and also... Uh, in embarrassing questions. Um, Okay, the next um, partnership uh, is one we're going to be doing again um, this year. So the Mi Nina Tortilla Chips partnership. Uh, You want to talk about Mi Nina? We, so I grew up in Southern California and one of the chips that I loved from Southern California was Hava Chips. Um, And they were really, really hard to find on the East Coast. Um, So you start exploring other tortilla chips. Uh, And in the local Williamsburg uh, Whole Foods, there was another chip called uh, Minina that was made in um, Massachusetts using a very, very traditional way to, to make uh, masa. And um, we tried them and lo and behold, they blew my socks off. The chips were absolutely delicious. Um, 
their story was incredible the packaging was amazing uh and we were like how do we collaborate with them and in this is a brand that we definitely would want to be aligned with this is someone that we love their product mm-hmm. and enjoy their product pretty often and purchase their product um every time that it's available at a grocery store by us and uh we reached out to them i believe on instagram yeah i saw i shot them a dm and uh and they were into it they sent us product and um we sent them product um and, and we en- ended up doing a big um a big summer giveaway right yeah lauren shot it the, the photos were incredible we, like the light was kind of perfect on our roof at the time period and um they shot it on their end and, and then and we, we shared assets which was great so we were able to use all the content it was, it was a really great partnership again we agreed to how we would run the contest in advance so there was no questions we agreed on how we'd pick winners in advance so there was no question um all those details it's great to iron out in advance and we did that but really the truth is when it's summer um people are eating chips and it's hot sauce season and so this was a natural collaboration and all it took was just one quick note on on, on a dm um which we got a quick response back and then all of a sudden we were partnering and and now we're going to be doing it again because it's just a natural fit it's a natural fit the consumers love it we love it um yeah we're excited to do it so those are the um, partnerships that we selected to talk about today so shake shack and game of thrones tacosina bespoke post half face blades murray's cheese and mi nina i think we covered a lot we'll probably have to edit some of it out to make it (laughs) something that you guys will want to listen to um and I think just in general, how did these partnerships come to be? One was based on a previous collaboration and also like some Instagram. One was a simple product drop-off. One was personal contacts. And then, of course, just Instagram. So when you're looking for brands to partner with and thinking of ideas um, for collaborations, oftentimes the, the opportunities are right in front of you. Right. And you have to put yourself out there. Right. If you're not putting yourself out there and keeping an open mind as to different things that you could potentially do um and be open to to new opportunities then you're you're not going to get any of it so we wish you the best of luck in your collaborations and partnerships and we thank you for listening if you want to follow us on social media uh, we're at senior through the hot sauce on instagram our website is senior you can reach out to us directly. You can send us comments and thoughts on this episode. And we hope you'll join us next time. Thank you guys so much.